Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Expansive CEO Podcast. I have a returning guest because last time she was here, we literally did not have enough time to talk about everything that we wanted to talk about. So I have Mara Whitener on again. She is a business problem solving strategist and fractional COO. And she really um, uses human design in her her support of other business owners. And so we're going to talk today, y'all know how much I love human design and also use it um, in my different businesses. And we're going to talk today about the Penta, which is your connections and building the team around you as the COO. So when you are an expansive CEO yourself um, and looking to build out your team of support, how do you do that in a way that really honors your energy as the CEO and then also creates space for everyone who supports you to be in their brightest and best energy as well? So Mara, thank you so much for being here again. I'm so excited to have you on and tell me more. Let's let's just like dive right in. If people want to listen, they can go back and listen to our first episode as well. It wasn't very, it wasn't that long ago um, as the refresher. So let's, let's go. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. Thank you for having me back. Um, yeah, the last episode, we went more into the different, different types and we might even start it into authorities, um, kind of how that, how that plays into business, but more specifically with how you need to build that support system around you. And it's not just how you structure your day and your systems and all of those things, but it's your team. And that can be contractors, that can be, honestly, that can be coaches and mentors, that can be anything that supports you, right? Um, that's how I define your team, is 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 anyone that's going to come into your, your circle and support you. Um, but with your human design, not only is it your type, so whether you're a generator, projector, um, you know, reflector, manifester, no matter what your type is, Building your team, you actually get a little more in-depth in your design. So you actually have to kind of look at their specific gates um, that get activated depending on the size of teams. So small teams, um, usually under 15 and under, is uh, called Penta teams. And what you want to do is once you get clarity, here's the place to start. You want to get very, very clear on the type of help you need, the job description, all of those pieces. And once you're very clear and you know that is aligned to your overall vision and to you, what you then wanna do is take into account, there's um, 12 gates um, that you take into account when it comes to Penna, but you wanna see what energy you have in those gates. Mm -hmm. And then part of, and I do this with my own team and I do this with clients as well, Part of that decision-making process as to job description or who you're looking for, um, I always run human design and I look at their pentagates. I see what energy they're going to bring to my overall penta team. 
And what it does is it sets you up for a, how do I want to put this? It's one thing to bring on an aligned team. It's a whole nother thing to bring all of the right energy and create this perfect penta, penta team. I mean, the results are just out of this world. It's like the easiest thing you've ever done. You're like, am I even working? I have this great team and I feel like, oh my God, this is the easiest thing ever. And it's really, really, really diving into what energy you bring to the team as well as what energy those team members bring to the team. So you just said, I think the magic words for most CEOs, especially those that are growing or scaling, right? Is that, am I even working? Is this, is this possible that it could be this easy, right? You hear those words and you're like, wait, how, well, how do I get to that? Because, you know, if you feel right now, like you are taking on more than what you can handle, or you're just, you're doing more in your business than you know you want to be doing. If you know you want to be able to give things away, delegate, um, yeah, just be, for me, it's ta- it's talking about really being in your genius, right? Like, so being in your zone of genius, being um, fully in your energy where you, you know, where you bring the most to the table and then delegating the rest away, you know, so that sounds like magic, right? Okay, how do I... We do that. Yeah. But what I will say to that, I actually kind of debunk that as a myth. So a lot of people are, I've got to get in my zone of genius. That's when the magic happens. And those of you that are able to have done that and have been able to do that, you're going to go, wait a minute. Why are you telling me that's a myth? Because I've experienced it. It's freaking phenomenal. I've done it myself. It's amazing. But I'm going to take it one step further and I'm going to challenge you. To not focus on putting yourself in your zone of genius, but put your team in their zones of genius. And Mm -hmm. part of that is aligning their specific energies and their kind of underlying um, superpowers, you know, in their gates and in their design is really, really, really honing in on not just their zone of genius, but how they go about their zone of genius. If you focus on holding the space for your team, and I know it sounds like a lot, and make it not about you, your zone of genius just gets amplified. It automatically comes because you've aligned around you the right people. They're in their zone of genius. You hold that space. The level of you being in your zone of genius is explodes mm. past where you think it's it can be. So those of us that have, if, you know, we're kind of living in the, hey, it's great. I have this great team and they're reliable. I'm in my zone of genius. I'm going to challenge all of you to go one step further and stop focusing on your own and make sure you've set your entire team up in their zone of genius. Okay. So I'm going to let you say why. Why is that important? <laughs> why it's important? If you want to actually elevate so magic when you're in your zone if you want your zone to happen naturally and to elevate it um you have to focus on your team number one when you bring a team on board part of your job description responsibility is to be a leader right but people aren't looking for just a job they want to be part of a mission And they want what they're good at, their talents, their zone of genius, 
appreciated, honored, respected, but they also deserve to be put in a space where they can function in their zone of genius. Like, why is it just about us to be in our zone of genius? Right? Everybody wants to be put in that situation, whether they want to be the business owner or not. You want to put your team in, in the best position they can be. So my team, I actually honor how they each work. The deliverables for clients are the same, but I let them do it in a way that honors them and their individual energy. And we have conversations and we figure out what that is together, but I'm aware of it. And then I can build space around them to allow them to be able to do that. And they're extremely happy. I've had them not build their own business and just come on board with mine without me asking. So that, that is the secret right there, I think, because it's as a visionary entrepreneur, right? If you are, if you see yourself as the visionary seat, as the, you know, again, the expansive one, the one that's, you know, taking charge, doing something new. A lot of times when I've, you know, when I've worked with clients and talked to other entrepreneurs, there's this sense of, you know, I can't find anyone who cares as much as I do about my business. And, you know, and there's just no one wants to work as hard as I do. No one, blah, blah, blah. You know, you start to hear some of that, those limiting beliefs that start coming up when you are like you said, so focused on your own genius that you can't zoom out and see that, hey, no one else is going to be you. That's not actually what you want. You don't want to replace yourself. You don't want someone with the exact same energy as you. You want people who are complementary, but who also are going to be better than you at the things that you shouldn't be doing, mm -hmm. right? So you you want someone in that seat that's better than you at, if it's the operation side, better than you at operations. If it's the finance side, better than you at finance. If it's sales, better than you at sales, right? You wanna find people who are so good at what they do and then honor them so much in just like you said, in allowing them to be in their bright, shining energy, the way that they work best, because then you can continue to build that vision, build the brand that's so important to you and have people who are happy to support you versus people who feel like they're being just dragged along by, you know, a rocket rocket ship of a founder and getting burned in the process, right? That's I feel like that's where business is going and we're seeing it, right? Cause we're seeing it in the attrition rates from corporate. We're seeing it in the burnout. We're seeing it in the pushback, especially uh, younger millennials, Gen Z. Um, like, no, I'm, I'm not going to work 80 hours a week for you for the same amount that I'm supposed to be getting for 40 hours. I'm not going to, you know, sacrifice my life for you just to be a cog in the wheel in in the machine and they are they are not just demanding 
more autonomy in their work and to be valued for what they're bringing, they're voting with their with their time. They're saying, I'm literally not going to do that anymore. I would yeah. rather drive Uber and figure something out, right? And create a business online, do anything. And these are people that don't necessarily want to be entrepreneurs all the time. They actually would rather work for someone, but they want to work for someone who sees them for all of who they are. And I think what you're what you're sharing right now, you know, like being able to put people into the seat that actually fits them like a glove. They're going to they're going to feel that and be like feel finally heard and seen and valued for what they bring to the table. Because here's the thing, like you said, you're seeing everyone's leaving corporate. They're tired of being treated like a number and not valued and not honored and not, you know, sometimes life happens. And so there's these rigid boundaries when you work for some of these companies and they forget humanity. They forget that they're dealing with people um, and so people are leaving in droves for that reason. And a lot are going out on their own. They're like, well, I can do this on my own, but here's the thing. I will, I totally support anyone that wants to go out on their own. Not everyone actually wants to own their own business. They just don't want to be in the confines of where they were before. They want to be treated like a person. They want to feel free to do how they do it and the way they do it. Yes, within a few parameters. But like I said, my entire team, as I've built it, I bring, you know, I bring them along. All of them have eventually asked me, you know what? I don't want to do my own thing anymore. I just want to work with you. How can we continue this? And so we have that conversation as to what that looks like. And all of that, I don't want to hold anyone hostage. I don't want anyone to come on board and help me build my vision and not feel valued and not have me honor them as a person, you know, or not see what they do in the amazing. I've got an amazing team that can blow me out of the water in a lot of ways. But that's what that's what elevates me. Because I bring on people that are better at things than I am. So that's why I challenge everyone, stop focusing on your own zone of genius. And I'm going to get pushed back on that comment, but stop focusing on your own zone of genius just for a second and realize who you've surrounded yourself with. I know we got a little off topic, but, and it's how to, how to surround yourself with the right people. We'll, we'll kind of get back there, but, um, making sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people. But when you do, when you identify those based on being clear with your needs and the energy they bring to the table and the energy that you bring to the table and all of those pieces, when you bring them on board, you can't just bring them on board. You have to bring them on board and then set them up for success. Mm, okay. So how then you just circled back around to it, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. How do we, how do we do that? How do you start to conceptualize that? Because even in, again, I love human design. I work um, with my clients in, you know, like understanding who they are, understanding, you know, some of these connections, um, especially I love partly because when I found out, you know, some of the differences between me and my spouse, I was like, okay, that makes so much more sense. Right. Okay. It was, I was like, okay, I'm I'm a manifesting generator. I have sacral authority. 
and my husband is a an emotional authority manifester. And so there's a lot of big differences there in how we process information and make decisions. And so for so long, I thought I was doing something wrong or he was doing something right. There's like, we'll make ourselves wrong. We'll make other people wrong just for being who they are. And we don't know it until we like get this insight. For me, it was my sacral decision-making authority, that gut reaction of yes or no, that's my compass. And when it's overridden, either by me thinking that I'm, you know, making the wrong decision or by my husband who's like, well, what are the pros and cons, right? Like, make me, give me a logical answer for this or that, you know, then that was always overriding my sacral. Um, and once I learned that this nuance existed, that this very, well, not even a nuance, a very fundamental difference existed between us, it was so much easier to say, Oh, these are different. These are different. And so even just in that connection, right, which is, you know, admittedly a very important one, um, the, when we, when we expand it to team, when we expand it to, okay, who are you working with and how are you working together? Um, this is where I think the magic happens. So tell us, yeah, how does that work? Yeah, it's so once you've gone through the process of, you know, getting very clear about the help and defining that actual description and and bringing on and you found this, this person, your sacral's gone off and, hey, this is the right person for me or you followed your emotional authority. So yes, first step is make sure you're familiar with your own. So you know how to function within your own. And again, there are those that aren't familiar or down with human design. That's cool. Use your own assessment or whatever ends up being your favorite to know who you are right this this still applies to others um but i'm just in love with human design know your own human design know how to function within your own human design use your authority as your compass when you bring on people so people know when i talk to them i'm going to run their design it's just a thing it's it's my thing but it's how i know how to work with you and connect with you i run everyone's design So I've got emotional manifesting generators, I've got sacral generators, and I've got an emotional projector. What their design tells me is how I need to work with them and what space I need to work with them. So if I have, so my sacral generator, I'm going to, when I have conversations, when I chat back and forth, if decisions need to be made, if I get, need to get feedback, the conversation is going to go really well when I ask yes or no questions, right? When I have emotional authority folks, we can't make decisions in the moment. So as much as I, as a sacral, want to go, yes, this is it, that's great. But if I need their involvement and their feedback, I have to give them about a day to feel into it, not think into it, but feel into it right? It sounds woo to a lot of people, but you actually have to feel and not go into your head with that one. So I have to provide them space, right? I have to not get frustrated. If I'm literally asking for something that they need to respond to, not just, hey, did you do this? But like something that they need to respond to, I have to give them that space and not get frustrated with them, Mm -hmm. right? And part of it is if those that aren't familiar with their design, 
I teach them about their design and I actually have a course. There's a new course that I send my team through that teaches them about their design and also how to work with other designs so that they can also learn how to work with each other, right? They don't have to go super in-depth into all the gates and all the channels, but even if you know the basics, it helps them understand those other people better, right? So I send my team through this course. I pay for it. I send it. They're all like super stoked. And then they're, they come back and they're like, oh, I know myself better. Now what you were saying makes sense. And they're all on board with actually getting to know the other person. And they're picking each other's brains of, hey, do you experience this? Where I've had my manifesting generators had a three-hour conversation one day. Half of it was about their design. But they're getting to know each other and they're getting to work. And it's the same thing if you work for somebody or if you work with somebody. Getting to know them, honoring who they are and how they work, you're going to get the better results. So that's part of the space I provide for my folks. You know, my projector, I need to provide space for her to flow with her energy because projectors aren't going to have our generator energy that can just go, 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 go. I need to make sure project work that we're working on together is structured in a way that she could honor her energy, you know, and if it, if it's not there, it's not affecting deadlines, right? So we need to create space for her. And I know that. So it's not, hey, yesterday, gotta love Apple and the reactions. Um, you know, hey, yesterday I was just, the energy wasn't there. I had to take a nap, but I got back up, felt better, and I went to work. Great. Right. Um, I also trust. So you have to learn to trust your team. Like once you get them on board and you learn when you provide them the space, you have to give them the trust um, to, to do their thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it really becomes knowing how to support a generator, knowing how to support someone with an emotional authority, knowing how to support, you can even go deeper again. That's kind of where you go into the, the pentatrates and the channels and the gates and all of the other things, even their profile that, that colors their type and authority. So different profiles work different ways. You know, my husband and I, I attract one threes, I'm a four, six. And one threes are like my magnetic match and I seem to attract them. I'm married to one and I have lots of clients that are one threes and they can be very frustrating because they have to, they won't take your word for it. Yeah. They have to go do their research process, whatever that looks like for them. And you're over here going, but I just told you, I, I just told, why can't you believe me? But now that I know that, Okay, fine. I know they have to go through that process and I can honor that and I can give them the space. They come back. They've usually validated what I've already told them and we move on, right? But it allows them to be them. They're actually much more invested in it because they've researched it. They've learned about it. Now they're ready to move forward, right? So knowing those nuances, even if it's just type, authority profile about those that are coming on board allows me to kind of work and flow with their different, what some people would call personality I have as their human design, but it kind of works with their little quirks. And I can also support to help them 
make the life that they want. Even if they are working on my team and it's not owning their own business, I can still help support them in doing what they want to do and creating the life that they want to create. And so one of the questions that's kind of bubbling up for me is, let's say, let's say you are, you know, trying to fill out a team and you have maybe several positions that, you know, you need to hire. So uh, we'll give an example of, you know, someone has come to work with you and you've, you know, dredged up everything that they need to know. And okay, we actually, you know, see these three, say that's three people that they need to hire in their business in order to take different things um, off their plate. How then do you go about looking like, so looking at the current team and then, okay, how do we fill those seats? And how do you, how do you know, here's the, here's the question that is like coming through, like what someone else is going to say, how do you know you're going to find the right person? to fill that, you know, that space. You have to trust that you're going to find the right person. Like those of us that are generators, we're going to call in the right help and the right things at the right time. So part of that is learning our self-trust, you know, as a generator, I, if I flow and I work in alignment, the more I work in alignment, the things that just come out of nowhere and it's the right thing at the right time, it's the right people my entire team has built. I have never advertised. I have never looked. They just come. Mm. Right. But now we'll start with, so I'm a four, six, a four line is usually a natural networker. My instinct, who do I know? Who do my people know? Right. So if I need to look for someone or someone I'm working with has a four line, I'm going to highly suggest we start there. Who do you know? Who, who in your network knows someone? That's a really good place to start for those that, that, that may have a four line. If you don't, maybe you have a five line, some other things, strangers are going to hear you better. So we're going to maybe go to your social network or we're going to um, do some other advertising, you know, whether it's in Facebook groups or things like that. Regardless of whether you are a natural networker, I still always suggest starting with the people that you know and putting feelers out to those that you trust. Hey, do you know anyone that does X, Y, Z? Right. And starting there. Um, if you have to expand out from that, it can be. If you're feeling if your sacral or your emotional authority is leading you down, posting something in your social group posting something on your socials, maybe in other social groups that you're in, business networking groups that you're in, um, putting the word out there, you know, actually posting. Um, you can start there. Some like to go Indeed. Great with Indeed. We found some great people on Indeed. I just filled a full-time marketing director position from an ad we put out on LinkedIn, right? I went through 150 resumes. It's a lot. <laughs> 150 resumes. We had to narrow it down, but we finally found we found a really, really, really good fit. Be open to looking in a lot of different directions. It's kind of your first step. Once you narrow the, the narrowing process, if you do have 150 applications that come in, um, if you're a sacral, go with your gut. I, re I realize this sounds weird. I would start reading a resume, and if it doesn't pull me in, my gut's going, Okay, yeah, I can't even get through your resume. I can't. 
you have to go with those little nuances that go with your authority that's going to lead you the right direction. So that's what I do as a sacral. It's a very in the moment feel. And there's really no rhyme or reason. I'm sure the people were fabulous. It is just where my gut was leading me. Emotional, you're going to have to kind of look at all of it. And you're going to feel a certain way about certain people. And then you're going to have to wait a day. Hmm. Right. And then you're going to have to look at them again and see if you feel the same way. Okay. And so that's kind of how you use your authority to start helping in, in that process. Now, I've built mine all organically, but that just works with my design. Um, but I always run because I'm a big human design person. It's in all of the work that I do. It's also I'm committed to building my team in that way. I run your design. I'm going to see who you are what energy you may bring to my penta. So if we have, let's say my gut, I'm down to like two people. My gut may be drawn to the one that brings a lot of different types of energy that are going to complement the energy the rest of the team has, right? That's going to be my better fit. That's how I break it down. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's so interesting. I love the example you gave of you know, if you're that sacral authority, like trusting, learning, it's such a, I want to say it's such a maligned um, process right now, like in the world right now, right? We're always like, again, what are the pros and cons? Like make it make sense, right? Like that's the phrase I hear so often, like make it make sense, not to me, thankfully, but just out in the world. Yeah you know, and like, okay, I can't, I can't logic it to you all the time. Like this is just, it's either like a hell yes or a hell no. And I feel it Mm -hmm. so strongly that, you know, my, my logical mind can then give like information about that hell yes or hell no. But it's not like the feeling itself is like, I, I can't ignore it. But if you've been conditioned over and over, right, to like, oh, let's put that initial reaction down and then like do the logical mind thing first and yes. it's, again, suppress that, um, that's where, you know, that conditioning can lead to like not trusting that gut reaction. So when I have someone who is sacral authority, like that's one of the practices is like, okay, let's, let's start trusting, you know, what is your gut reaction? What if that was right? Mm-hmm. Right. Where, where can we look back, look back at, at the last several months? Did you ever, do you remember a time when you had a really strong reaction and you went with it or you had a really strong reaction and you went against it and what happened, right? Let's start to like, give, give yourself some evidence of how this actually works in your life. And then, because then when you're, if you're going through a stack of 150 resumes, and you start to, you like have that, like, oh, that's for me, there's also um, the neutral is usually a no. If it's just like flat line, I'm like, I got nothing. I know, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not like a repulsion necessarily. If it's just like blah, nope, that's also a no because I felt the, the full yes. Yes. And it's a good distinction because not everyone, and again, if you're not a sacred authority, you may not fully understand this one, but 
like you said, even the, even learning to go with the meh, they're usually a no, because as soon as it's a meh, you're going to go into your head and start thinking yourself into it or thinking yourself out to it. And it's not about thinking your way through of it. All of it, whether it's sacral, emotional, any of the authorities is really about your feeling through it. And it's scary. I mean, my business more than quadrupled in just a few months when I literally let all of the thinking go Mm. and made decisions in the moment. And we're talking about like multi-thousands of dollars decisions in the moment. And they've been the best decisions I've ever made. But you have to, it's learning how that manifests for you. Like how that sacral feeling, how that, you know, emotional authorities, you're typically not going to have that 100% feeling. You know, but if you get that 70 to 80% feeling and then it's kind of the same thing the next day, that is your yes. Right? Sacrals are just really strong, Mm -hmm. I find. It's usually a hell yes. And typically, like, I will move forward. There's like a there's like a bodily yes, you know, with with that with that feeling. Um, but you know, splenics, they're very quick. It can be very in the moment and even harder to identify than than a sacral authority. But it's really, like you said, think about when you've made the decisions that have worked out. Like really what feeling led you? How'd you feel in the moment? All of that. When you made decisions that didn't work, how did you feel? And that's really how you start to hone in on following that authority. But it's, it's scary as hell. I'm not, it's when you start... When you're introduced to it and you're like, what is this? I'm supposed to write down pros and cons. I'm supposed to think my way through this. Mm. But you're not. And it's scary. I will tell you, I've made some of those decisions and then thought about it later and went, oh, I don't know what I just did. But I it was a it was a hell yes in the moment. And like you got the body movement and everything. And if you learn to self-trust, that is basically just learning to trust your body and that it's going to tell you the right thing for you. I know that sounds woo to a lot of people. I am actually not a very woo kind of person, believe it or not. But this has been the single most game changer in my own business in life, as well as my clients' businesses and lives. Um, that there's There's no denying it. Yeah, it's it's pointing to, you know, the self the self trust, um, you know, is the key there. But pointing to intuition or instinct, or you know, whatever whatever word resonates most for you, it's it's honoring the fact that, and if we go away from the woo side, which I love, I love all the woo. So <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with all the woo. And at the same time, there is so much scientific evidence, right, around us that our bodies take in more information than we could ever conceptualize with our mind. Yep. Like there's so much information around us. We And as humans, we are so perceptive that we can't we can't actually quantify all of the information even this conversation right now right i am like 
feeling things in different parts of my body. I am like noticing things about, you know, my reactions and I can't, I can't think about them because I'm feeling them. And so that gut instinct is moving in that it's saying, I understand that there's a lot more information than I can take in with my eyes or hear with my ears or logic with my mind. And I'm going to trust that I'm, you know, I've learned how rather I, I love, I love that, that it's a practice, right? I've learned how to trust that my gut instinct is, is making, actually making a decision based on a ton more information than yes. my mind can give it. My, there is a fun, well, it's a, it's not great. Uh, <laughs> but yesterday, actually, uh, my husband, I had pulled garlic bread out of the oven on a pan and set it on the, um, we have a, a big butcher block um, cutting board. So I'd set it on there and I asked him to cut the garlic bread up. And he, without thinking, picked up the pan that was still hot from the oven. <laughs> like it had just come out of the oven. Oh, probably should have said that but it, at the same time. He's like, I should have known that. But he immediately after he was like, it's amazing how fast your body reacts before you even know what's happening. Like he touched it and dropped it within a millisecond before he knew that it was hot. Right. And that's, a, that's a, a literal physical example of that, but our intuition does the same thing, right? Like it makes a judgment. It makes a reaction before our other senses can even perceive. Yeah, no, I, and I love that analogy. Um, and I love that you brought it up that it's, that's why you have to learn to trust your body to tell you and learn to get tuned into what that, what that key is, you know, what that red flag it sends up, you know, or, or, um, what that hell yes is for you, how that manifests and how that feels for you and learn to hone in on that over anything else. Um, and try to take your brain out of it and all of the other things and really hone in on that feeling. Um, and it is a practice, especially when you're first learning it and getting familiar. You're just trying to figure it out. But if you stay in tune with, oh, yeah, I said yes to that in the moment. And I was really kind of feeling like, hmm. And I went ahead and said, yes. And mm, I probably shouldn't have said yes. Like that caused me, because if you're sacred or a generator, frustration. Like I got a little frustrated with that one. Mm -hmm. Right. We talked about this in the last episode. So if you guys missed that one, definitely check it out with yes. frustration yes. and bitterness and all of that is, is really your red flag that you didn't make the right decision. Um, we don't want that. We want you to learn to, to make the right decision. But um is really, really trusting that. Like I said, it's, it is a practice and it is a dedication to learning how, how to do that. And the, the, I don't want to say quicker because I think there's self-improvement that can happen all over life, but the better you can get with identifying that and trusting it and following it, 
easier it is for you to make decisions in life that are aligned, in your business that are aligned, along with bringing on the right team members. So it's whether to say yes or no to that resume. When you get to the interview portion, it's whether you want to say yes or no to, to that person. Same thing if you're interviewing for contractors. So here's the weird thing. People put, and I find this, I don't know if you find this. There's a difference. There's a clear difference between employee and contractor. However, people tend to entreat employees more like they're bringing them into their vision and they want them to buy in than they do contractors. Mm. Because contractors, yes, you're paying them part-time for a service and help for you, right? So you don't typically think, but I need to create space for them to work. Well, why? They're running their own business. They're just doing a package but they're still part of your team. So think about that when you're hiring someone for for a service and they're a contractor, maybe they're not a full-time employee. I have all contractors. That is all that I have. But from day one, I've treated them like they're a part of my vision, whether they are part-time, whether they are full-time, whether they are whatever capacity they are, they are that part of my vision. And I honor that just like they were coming on full time Hmm. because when they're doing that work for me, I want them to embody what they're doing it for as much as possible. But if you don't go into that transaction with that energy, it's really hard for them to buy into it when you're not even treating it like they should. So going into all of them with, hi, I want, I I want to bring you, bring you on my team, right? It's still a part of your team. This is what we're doing. You know, I know you run your own business and you're doing this for other people, but treat that part of what they're doing for you as they're doing it for you, right? Own it, let them do their thing, still learn about them. See if they're open, if you want to adapt human design in your whole business. See if they're open to running their human design. You'll know then how to interact and converse with them. Right? Yep. That, that's another key difference I see between there's this difference in how you treat them. Mm. And I want to challenge everybody, don't treat them differently. Employee, contractor, it's just the difference in how you get paid. That's all. You can have a part-time employee, a full-time employee. You can have a part-time contractor, a full-time contractor. It's just how you get paid. It's not a difference in the work you do. Yeah, I I love that distinction there, you know, for for us to be reflective of that. Like, am I treating employees different than contractors? Is there a reason for that, right? Like what's what's coming up? What what sort of kind of barriers or resistance might you be allowing in your business? And are those, are you creating barriers working with contractors that are maybe making things more difficult for you? 
because when there are barriers, that that usually means barriers to communication in some way, shape or form, right? And you're not, the more, I love that um, tip from you, like the more that even no matter what, contractors or employees, the more they're bought into the vision, the more that they are brought into it fully, the more that they desire to support and do the absolute best that they can. Don't be afraid to ask questions of, you know, let's say it's a social media manager and maybe it's a contract for 20 hours a month. Well, that's clearly not full-time and they're probably going to be doing other things for other people, right? But don't just sign on to a package because the package sounds great. Don't just sign on because you buy into the person and, and you feel that it's a good match and, and all of that. Ask them questions. How do you, how do you, how do you work? If you want to work human designs into it, I ask people to run theirs. I'm sure other people are like, well, that's embarrassing and that's weird. No, it's not. It actually helps me get to know them. I don't have to become best friends with them, but it helps me get to know them. Like, oh, okay, you're a one three. I'm not gonna be able to tell you anything, but we're gonna, <laughs> we're we're gonna. I know how you work, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it's for that twenty hours a month, I know how you work. I know how I need to communicate with you. I understand when you communicate to me in certain ways. I will ask, you know, typically, what times of day do you do work? You know, what are hours that you keep? Like, what are you thinking? If we take on this package, like what I could expect, so I know the expectations and I'm just not making them up in my head, right? I use human design to do all of that, but it helps me learn them. I'm still treating them as a part of my team because I want to understand how they work. Doesn't matter if they do work for other people, right? Well... With that, we are at time again. And I think, I feel like we could like just keep going because yes, there's so keep much going. more like, oh wait, what about this? And what about that? Um, yeah. And so, yes, I'm sure there will be a part three um, at some point because I love it. But how can people get in touch with you if this is resonating and they're like, absolutely, I want to figure out how to, how to honor my team even more and how to bring on the next right um, fit. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, I love, I live on LinkedIn. So I would love anyone to come follow me or connect with me, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Um, you can also check out my very newly launched, um, website. It's whitenerpros.com, um, has all the information on our services, kind of how I go about what I do. There's also some free resources on there. Um, and some other videos and things that, that you can utilize. So I encourage you to check out the website. Come connect with me on LinkedIn. Again, I'm a network person. I love to connect with people. Just come connect with me. Want to get to know you and all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here again, Mara. It's been, I, I just love talking human design, but then also talking like, how do we literally elevate the work experience and part of, you know, this huge part of all of our lives for everyone um, that we come into contact with. And I feel like that's the ethos that you really bring, um, which is so, so important for where we're going. 
as yeah. just as a society. So thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Always love coming. Well, if you have any questions at all, um, either for me or for Mara, you will see all of the contact information in the show notes. And thanks, everyone. See you next time. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.